parade. Bulls on parade. Stop it one second. I say bulls on parade. Got a mean D. And they on the hunt. Opponents three and out. Now they got a butt. Applying pressure. Applying pressure. You gotta watch. Hands going up. Another pass blocked. Every play. Every second. Full speed. You can't just talk about it. Yo, you gotta believe. It's gotta run through your veins. Gotta bleed this. You can't just want it right now. You gotta need this. Everybody counting on you. Gotta make a play. I got your back and you got mine. That's the only way. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host and friend, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, um, not much going on. <laughs> yeah. Not, not much. Not much at all. Not much I at mean, all. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, that's Texans fans. But... Yeah, yeah, for Texans fans. But the rest of the league is having a blast. Yeah. Well, there's a couple other teams out there that haven't done anything, but yeah, we are, yeah, we're sitting here just kind of like, what's going on? Are we doing anything? Does our team care? Are we wasting Deshaun's window? Um, Our team only cares about selling tickets, not about winning. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else? Uh, What were the other complaints? Um um, We're already ready to fire Brian Gain. Oh yeah, that's that's an insane one. Uh, yeah, Bill O'Brien. Nobody wants to play for Bill O'Brien. Makes sense. Um, what else? And of course, we're too cheap. Oh yeah, super cheap. Yeah, we're too cheap. Too super cheap. Super cheap. Um, well, then to talk about how cheap we are, why don't we just go ahead and get into the departing free agents? Before we get into who we brought in, you want to start with Kareem, or do you? Yeah, want to let's start, start with, with Kareem because that's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. All right. So Kareem Jackson leaves to go to Denver to play corner. By the way, um, <laughs> kind of surprising, but whatever. Um, Kareem Jackson signs a three-year deal for I think it was about ten or eleven million per year, three-year deal. Um, he's a Bronco, and. The Texans never even reached out to him or sent a offer his way. Uh, they pretty much set their eyes on the Honey Badger and completely ignored Kareem Jackson. At least that's 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 what I got from it. That's why I think he did not hear back from the Texans at all is because I think they had their eyes set on Tyron Matthew. Would you yeah. agree, or do you think that the plan was to just well, let him go from the beginning? It seems like, since they didn't even reach out to him, that had to be... They just didn't see him as part of their future. Like, it's one thing that... I mean, I absolutely hate that they didn't even offer him. Like, he was a first-round pick. He played for us for nine years. They asked him to change position, and he didn't. Unless maybe the... The only thing I can possibly think of is maybe they had talked to him at um, because they do an end of the year debriefing. And at that point, if they had talked to him and said, hey, what would you like to come back as? A corner or a safety? He had like, I want to play corner. If he had said something along those lines and because, you know, they're going to be more honest during those meetings than they are on 
on the news cycle. Sure. That may have, maybe that had pushed him away. Yeah, but that's insane uh, maybe, because all his he's all he said in like Colin Cowherd and Radio Row was he he wants to play safety. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sense of it. Okay. I have no idea. Like I'm, this is completely messed. Like I'm just trying to make sense of it. And I'm just running um, scenarios scenario through my that. head. Yeah, yeah, and that's really the only thing I can think of is maybe there was a little bit of pushback because he had pushback for years on going to safety. Supposedly, I mean, again, nobody really knows what goes on in RG. But the rumors had been that when he had been approached before about it, he was just like, no. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with money. Yeah. And But this year, I mean, this year was the year to be a safety. They actually got paid this year. They got paid a shit ton. I mean, all of them. Yeah. However, it does look like Denver's planning on playing him as a corner. So maybe that's what he wanted. I mean, I I really don't know. Yeah. Well, if Denver plays him at corner then um he'll be cut next year yeah i could see it again he's he was a much better safety his just entire play style fits better as a safety uh but i mean best best of luck to him i want him to be successful i want him to figure out what position he he should play i think that if he plays safety that it really will extend his career he'll play probably another two to three years as a corner if he plays safety, he could probably easily play another five. Yeah. That's always been my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, we saw in the production aspect, he was better as a safety. Um, he wasn't as bad at corner last year as he has been in years past. Uh, maybe it's because it was a contract year. Maybe it just started to click. Um, I'm honestly not too sure. Um, I know those PFF ratings are somewhat skewed because he of the limited amount of snaps that he played at corner – um, so he was ranked, I think, fifth overall best corner in the in the league right. last year. But when you and only that was, play 35% at corner, yeah. math tells and you that that's just... You've also got to keep in mind, PFF doesn't really grade so much. Um, it's harder to, uh, to grade coverage. So when we play a lot of zones and he doesn't miss tackles, it looks like he plays phenomenal. And the thing with both Kareem and Jonathan Joseph that we talked about repeatedly, like anybody that's listened to this podcast, anybody that's watched the Texans game knows they just couldn't keep up with fast receivers. Right. That's really what it came down to. Um, our defense between with Kareem, Jonathan and Matthew, Matthew were really good at shutting down short passes. And next year, it's going to be more interesting because with how you beat us was with intermediate routes. Um, and you beat us with speed. And it's going to be interesting to see how we're going to kind of adapt to that. And if we overreacted, because we were very, very efficient at shutting down the short passes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into the Honey Badger, who everybody's... Man, you hate him now. What happened? Yeah. Everybody's blaming me. I guess uh, Tyron Matthew left because of my tweet that he liked, um, criticizing his tackling coverage and... Uh, lack of speed um i mean look for all of you guys who are in the boat of you would have rather paid tyron matthew 14 million than him leave you're just wrong i i really don't know another way to put it as a look the story of tyron matthew and forgive me guys i'm a little sick so my voice sounds weird so when you hear this it sounds like i'm talking slow um 
I was listening to the Dalton Reisner interview. It sounded like I was like, like you know how the old school cassette tapes you could like slow them down. To, that's what it sounded like when I was talking. Anyways, the story of Tyron Matthew is great, right? We all know it. We all know kicked out of school, um, addicted to pot, was given a chance. Arizona and Patrick Peterson and Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles worked with him. Got him better. He rehabbed in Houston. Was a phenomenal player in Arizona before his injury. And when I say phenomenal, I mean one of the best players in the league in in the secondary. You think that's fair, John? Yeah, I mean he before he, he got hurt, really good. Yeah, he had a stretch where he was an an absolutely amazing. He was player. a game changer. He was an absolute game changer. And anybody would love to have him on your team. Then he gets hurt, misses a year, comes back. Plays a ton of snaps, really wasn't very effective. Then this year, signs a one-year prove-it deal for $7 million with the Texans and was pretty much the exact same player that he was in Arizona. Moments of of brilliance early, and then after that, it, it really just kind of went away. Um, he His lack of coverage on of tight ends because of, uh, unfortunately, his his size and then also his lack of speed. Uh, bouncing off of running backs and wide receivers in the open field, totally whiffing on just tackles in general, miscues in coverage. He just was not the player that we thought he would be. And we thought that a year after his injury that maybe he would get back to form, and he was not back to form. Uh, And we signed him to a one-year deal. And guess what? The league thinks that he's worth $14 at safety, and he got – and and Kansas City, it being Kansas City, definitely helped. I mean, they're they're in a better position than the Texans are currently. So he left to go to Kansas City. I don't honestly. I'm not worried about it. I don't know what your thoughts are, John. Well, here's the thing about Tyron. He was an incredibly instinctive player, and his speed was is still not quite all there. Like he, there was times where he flashed. Um, he will forever have a weakness of being able to cover tight ends. It's the strangest thing ever where you're a strong, where you pay, play strong safety and you can't strong and strong safety is strong side. And that means you got to cover a tight end and he just couldn't do it. He was more effective as a free safety and he was more effective as kind of like a Swiss army knife. Just the thing that we are going to miss about him is he listened to the amount of snaps that he took into these different positions. He took, 440 snaps at free safety, 109 snaps, 199 snaps at uh, slot corner. Uh, Left outside linebacker, he took 123. Right side slot, he took 112. So if you combine the left side and right side slot, he took almost as many snaps as a slot corner as a actual free safety. He played right outside linebacker. He played inside linebacker. He actually lined up out wide as a cornerback. I didn't even realize this. I have to go watch some tape, but he played defensive tackle four times. Yeah, I think those were on blitzes, Yeah, but I mean, just, it is. And that's where he was actually strong at. Like, he was strong essentially working as a robber through the middle of the field. Um, It's, he, which is weird because he couldn't cover tight ends. That's how you beat him, put a tight end in the middle, but he was actually pretty good at stopping 
tiny slots that weren't too fast and tiny running backs that weren't too fast. Now, if you got one of those slot receivers, like, I don't know, like a T.Y. Hilton, we would just get smoked and he couldn't keep up with them. If you got one of the bigger safeties, um, or not bigger safeties, one of the bigger tight ends, I don't know, uh, Zach Ertz and Gronkowski both made him look stupid. It's just... He had limitations, but I'm not going to say that he was horrible. I would have been very happy if he came back. Um, I'm glad we didn't pay him as much as we offered him because then you, you're you kind of stuck with that. And I think, honestly, the what concerns me the most was hearing the interviews from him and from Cornell where he was just starting to understand the defense, so they thought he was doing better towards the end of the year. If our defense takes that long to get used to, to bring in an entirely, we're going to bring, I mean, we're, our secondary is going to be entirely brand new. Yeah. Which is going to have two, two returning safety or two returning players, which I mean, it should be, if you kind of look at it, um, because that was our biggest weakness, just getting toasted by faster teams. However, I'm concerned that if we're going to have that many new players and our defense is that hard to get, that it took Tyron Matthew, who's supposed to be one of the smarter players in the NFL, most of the season to understand it. Yeah, I mean, based on the play in the wild card round, though, I don't know if I could say that he was starting to grasp the defense. Um, I mean, there were so many miscues just by him alone in that game. Uh, obviously, the whole team in general was awful, but... Um, I mean, Eric Ebron touchdown. There, there's, there's so many plays in mind right now that I'm thinking about that he, he just was not plugged in. I, I just don't think that for 14 million a year he was worth it. Call me a homer, but I think the Tayshawn Gibson uh, signing is actually better for us long term. It may be, and it also that depends entirely on Reed's growth as a player. Right, if Justin Reed really takes that next step up and is that. I mean, we're gonna. We'll I'm, get into Tayshawn. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of letting Matthew walk will depend on what type of player Justin Reed truly becomes. Yeah. And depending on how much it'll hurt. It's funny because, uh, what, like four weeks ago we talked about, I, I mentioned the possibility that Honey Badger and Kareem wouldn't, would not be here and it'd be Andre Hall and, and, and Justin Reed and, I mean, luckily they signed another safety, and I, I, I actually like Tayshawn Gibson. I think, I think some of um, some of the people that are looking at him are just thinking he came from Cleveland, uh, a bad team, then went to Jacksonville on a great defense with great secondary, with a great pass rush, and shined. Um, but what I like about his game, we'll get into that part of it. But I, I just think it's a good signing for an area that the Texans have always struggled in. Um, I, look, I like Tyron Matthew as a personality. I love his vocal leadership. I love what he brought to the locker room. With that said, I just don't think that. I think if we signed him to a three-year, fourteen million dollar deal, fourteen a year. Sorry, I have a slight cough. Um, I just don't think that. In three years, we would get the value that everybody thinks we would get. I, I, I could see us wanting out of that contract in a year or two. Yeah, and he's been an injury-prone prone player, and this is two years in a row that he was 97, 98, 
um, snack, uh, snap percentage. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's entirely it's the same argument people have about Clowney. It's like when they're injury prone and then they play a whole bunch, are are they going to become injury prone again? Yeah, and good luck in Kansas City with him being the primary safety because I was surprised that they actually cut Eric Berry too. I, I thought that the plan would actually be to run with both, which I think then could easily help that struggling secondary in Kansas City. I think both of them would be – I think they would play off each other extremely well. Um, but the fact that they cut Eric Berry and now he's going to be your star in the, in the secondary, I, I just – I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I have no idea what Kansas City is doing on their defense. But, hey, maybe they're just – I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Score as many points as possible so both, so they have a reason to keep throwing. Well, and, and it, it, all of the news out of Kansas City is that Tyron Matthew was the top free agent target that they were going after. Like, that was yeah. their prized possession. So. And they're getting rid of their pass rush. I, I don't know. I I really don't know what Kansas City's doing. I, I don't either. Like Tyron Matthew makes he makes more sense on our team than he does with Kansas City. Like, I think that the Texans, the way that they're set up, would be a better opportunity for him to succeed. Um, I am not sky is falling. I don't think that we have been left in the dust by other teams. Like we still have a very good team. Yeah. But I think that I honestly do think that the Texans would be a better fit for for Tyron. So I just, I really, I don't get it other than money. And I mean, that's what he was after. It was money and a little bit of bitterness that they didn't. I mean, he even tweeted it a little bit of bitterness that they didn't try and sign him during the season. Well, and I was going to get to it, that. I think that's a good point by him though, John, to be honest with you. Um, no, I, I agree with them. I, I think it's a dumb role. I, I think we could have probably got him at the nine and a half during the season. Even yeah. though we ended up offering him 11, I think, I, I think we definitely could have got him at nine and a half. That would have been 2.5 more per year than what he originally signed for, um, where the previous offseason, the safety market was extremely down. So nobody could predict that the market would jump I mean, pretty much 100%. Um, and uh, we could have had him for a hell of a deal. And Kareem as well. We should have signed Kareem. But Kareem likely... More than Matthew probably would have tested free agency because this is likely his last chance. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still in agreement that we. I would have rather had Cream over Matthew, but we yes. didn't get either. And I was actually really aggravated when I looked at it, and it's like, are you kidding me? We didn't get either. However, you know, it's going to be all right on that. Yeah, I'm not too That's, worried about it. My frustration with uh, free agency so far has nothing to do with us losing Matthew and Kareem. And it's not even us missing. I don't know. This is kind of going off your script, but I might as well get into it. Because that's the big thing we're going to think about or talk about. It's just I have the strong belief that you kind of follow the Patriots models where you sign a whole bunch of mid-tier. Unless you could go out there and get that one key piece. The one key piece that we it's not out there this year maybe that's part of the reason why we haven't really been active is they're trying to hold on to one of those draft picks to package it as a trade which might be an idea and that would make sense um but i just i thought we would have signed a couple more players than we have and we've signed 
two. Yeah. I thought we would have saw the only player that I'm actually upset that we missed out on was Saffold, the guard. Um, as much as I like Kelamente, um, Kelamente is like the super, the super sub. Um, between him and Mance, if they were the subs, our our offensive line would shape. Well, I actually we like Fulton. Calum- uh, yeah, I like Fulton. Like and then, Fulton's and, starting, and, and then, then moving and Saffold on the other side. Yeah, but then moving then Rakins, having, you don't you don't like that move. I don't. I mean, maybe. I think Saffold's a better player currently than Rankin. But if Rankin long, has another. If it, Rankin has another another year, is working as kind of like another sub as like our swing tackle, uh, maybe going in and even competing for the left tackle position. But Saffold's a better guard currently than Rankin is. Rankin could potentially be a better, but having another year to kind of develop, and just of the opinion that, that if you can improve, improve, and for what Saffold ended up getting. And the type of player that I think he is, yeah, I mean, he's a really good guard. Like he, no, he's a top he five guard last year. O- yeah, he would have been an improvement over he, even Fulton. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just having you just have a player like that where you can bring him in, and it just it's an instant improvement. Yeah, and it'll work its way out, especially on an offensive line that needs improvement. Yeah, I mean, that's we. There's just no argument about it. Our line has to improve. Even if we go into the year with the exact same offensive line, we need some depth there. But a player like Saffold or drafting a tackle high that is very talented, that doesn't hurt us at all. And that's our honestly our biggest weakness right now is we do need more corners. We bad. It's terrifying. I I think our offensive line. There's no way they ha- they've improved from two years ago. They're better than they were. They're going to be better than they were last year. So while if we make no improvements on the offensive line, our offensive line will still get better. I think a player like Saffold would have been instant impact. And as, but it's not our biggest weakness. Our biggest weakness right now is our secondary. And we just need depth. Yeah. Um, just to play devil's advocate a little bit. I, I like Saffold too. I think if you can improve the offensive line, you do it. Um, but if the plan ultimately is to is to keep Fulton at right guard and put Rankins at left guard, I wonder, given where we drafted Rankins, if you know third round, would we prefer to have another year of him developing as a starter than sign somebody and have him kind of jump around? Um, instead of giving him a position to own and develop into for a full season, um, what do you do to his development at that point if you bring in Saffold? Now, I agree with you that you know upgrading the line is upgrading the line considering how bad the line is. So if you can do it, do it. I totally get that argument. But I was just, just trying to play devil's advocate here. I mean, if, if the plan is to move Rankins to left guard opposite of Fulton, um, wouldn't you like for that piece to work more than a 34-year-old guard? No. I mean, Rankin was obviously a third-round pick. means that they expect him to be a starter. Right. Not necessarily a Pro Bowl-type player, but a starter. Saffold is a Pro Bowl-type player. He's older, he and he can teach him. And then you just have that depth. Even if Rankin is a, a backup for a year or two, like, he gets he gets to develop. Now, if he gets, if he's a backup for both guard positions, or if he's a backup as a swing tackle, either way, he gets to develop and get better. Okay. Um, 
Fair. And Fair. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's like. All right, it's just our offensive line was not good last year. And it may have been if you put talented players there and just kind of let it shake out. I mean, Zerline's of the opinion, and Zerline knows a whole bunch about offensive line, that Rankin would be a better center than than Martin. So maybe that was the move. Maybe but, that still is. And it may still be. I mean, who knows? I mean, if he's center and we go Kelamente and Fulton... Well, I mean, I think it's the same thing about Martin. It was Martin would be a better guard than a center. So maybe switch him. So, again, it's just like if you have the talent, things should work themselves out, and it never hurts to have more talent. Yeah, you never know, hurts. It, it'd be interesting. So you're disappointed about the guard, and I'm disappointed that we didn't sign Matt Paradise or Mitch Morse at center to replace Nick Martin. And I would have been okay with that, too. I mean, again, you get talented players, you improve what was one of the weaker spots of our team last year. And that's why I've kind of... If we sign Verrett, all of a sudden, in my opinion, I, I'll perk up a little bit. If we sign... I, I'm i just... I think we should sign up more players than we have. That's essentially my opinion right now. And if we're going and trading players, we better get a player back in return, not draft picks. All right, well... Then let's get into this part of it before we get into who we brought in. So there's 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 tweets out there. Jay Glazer has said it, which scares me. Um, because pretty much anytime Jay Glazer says anything, especially this offseason, he's been right. And he's typically right. He doesn't throw things out there to throw them out there. He doesn't have to. Uh, teams are calling about Jadavian Clowney. And the Texans are listening, according to multiple reports. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm now at the point where I hope we trade him. So all of the fans, once he leaves can, can see exactly what he was and, and how much he meant to this team. Cause I'm so tired of seeing in the subreddit online in Twitter in casual fan conversations that we should trade Jadavian Clowney. If anything that I've learned, and I don't know, you chime in, you know, with your with your opinion, but if this offseason has actually taught me anything, it's that the value of draft picks have been diminished quite a bit. We have seen more trades than we have ever seen for teams trading draft picks for veteran players so they can make an immediate impact day one. Trading Jadavian Clowney for First of all, let's get this out of the way. Jadavian Clowney's not being moved for, for a second-round pick. Just because D. Ford was moved for a second-round pick is not does not mean that that's what's going to happen with Jadavian Clowney. Um, D. You're Ford was moved. Most, you're missing the most important part about that article. It's not the Texans that are shopping him. It's teams calling to see if they're going to shop him, which is pretty common with a franchise player. Jadavian Clowney, of course, anything that he does, if he sneezes in Houston, everybody, there's so much hate for him, and I don't really get it, but there's so much hate for him in Houston. Well, I mean, it's expectations with the number one pick. That Well, and J.J. Watt. Yeah, and J.J. Watt. But it's not the Texans shopping him. It's teams calling to say, hey, are you going to trade him? And the Texans are going to listen. I mean, if they get blown away, they may trade him. But again, we're in that... Again, we're in that window right now where we actually have money to spend. We're supposed to be collecting talent. We're not going to get rid of talent. 
we are not going to get rid of Clowney for a draft for a single draft pick. We're not going to get rid of him for a second round pick. We're not going to get rid of him for what the uh, Chiefs did with D Ford. And the only reason they got rid of D Ford is because they are switching to a four three, and they believe that they don't no need longer, him. Yeah, that he's no longer a scheme fit. For Correct. Them. Whereas you, one of the things that you forget about Clowney is he allows you to play a three four or a four three at any point during a game. You don't have to move him like somebody like D Ford who has to be moved to a team that is more conductive uh, to a scheme that is more conductive for him. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, I, I I was getting there, but either way, um, yeah, the reason why he was moved for just a second round pick was because they had no intention in signing him. They franchised him because they knew they can get something for him, and they did. And a team, San Francisco, who got a really good player. I like D Ford. I don't think he's as good as Clowney. I, I, I think he's a solid player for sure. Um, he, he, he definitely adds a ton of value to a team. And San Francisco is smart to trade a second round pick for him because they're not they're likely not gonna get a player the magnitude of D Ford in the second round. Um, and then on top of that, they're probably going to add Bosa or Quinn and Williams. So the Niners could be really good on defense, but that's neither here or there. Um, Jadavian Clowney is going to have to be traded. It, it will look similar to a Mac Hall. It won't be as big of a Mac Hall because he doesn't have the name Mac. And that's just the way it is. But if he is traded, it will be for a first and more. It won't be for just a first round pick unless it's, the number one overall pick, maybe. Or may, maybe a top five pick. And it won't be this offseason. It'll be next offseason if we don't get him signed under the salary under the uh under the franchise tag. I don't believe that. I believe if it if he is traded, it'll be this season. No. And if he's not traded, then he's gonna be a Texan. I, that's the way I, I, I see it. He's he's either gonna sign a long term deal or he's gonna be traded. No, not this year. Next year, maybe. Not this year. I, I I disagree. I I think that I think there's something going on with the contract. I think Clowney wants more. I think he's sitting back and seeing Trey Flowers get what he got, D Ford what he got, what Matt got, what Donald got. He he wants to be paid, and I don't blame him. He should get paid, and we should be the yeah. ones to pay him for sure. And I don't think the Texans want to pay him that money. So that's kind of why I feel like it's this season. No, he. We have too many getting- needs. Yeah, but he's not getting traded. I hope he's you're just, right. He, he's not. There's the amount that it would have to bring in. We would have to get a a, a top tier corner and a draft pick to trade him. Well, John, you but, say that, but Odell Beckham was just traded for literally pennies to the dollar. Well, he was also apparently a locker room cancer. He wasn't a locker room cancer though. But that's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. But he's also not. There's been so many reports dictating the other side of it that he's far from a locker room cancer that he's one of the best teammates people have had. Again, the giant situation. It, All I'm saying is, Clowney, is they got Clowney is not. O, uh, Clowney is not OD, OBJ Odell Beckham or whatever he wants to call himself now. Um, and it's a different situation. The giants. I don't know what's going on with the giants to tell you the truth, but. The Texans are not trading Clowney. I'm going to be honest with you, John. You sound very biased right now to Clowney. That, no, that not... you don't see a chance at all that he would be moved this season. He when there's reports be... that are being out there saying that there is a chance that this could happen. Yeah, they're listening to him, but I just I don't think that anybody's going to offer what the Texans think that he is worth. But what if Clowney has told them that, that he's not wanting to sign a long-term deal with him? 
then he'll be gone next offseason when they franchise tag him again. He's not, I don't see him moving this season. Hmm. I, I, I feel like it's a little biasy, which is fine, but it just comes off pretty biasy. Um, all right. So let's get to, so there's no way that he gets traded at period this season in your mind. So even if, so what's being talked about is that Buffalo is interested in him. You wouldn't take a Tredavious White in the first round pick. That's what I was saying here just a second ago. It would take a player, like a top tier corner and a, and a top pick. And I would consider Tredavious White a top tier corner. He's a, he's a very solid young corner. Yeah, he's a That's, second year corner, right? He was drafted yeah. last year. Uh, year before. He, he was still there when Gain was there. He was one of Gain's picks. Okay. So that's why I could see that happening, but that's what it would kind of take. A corner that has the potential to be a franchise corner uh, and a, on a top pick. Like, there's no way that they're just, they would do it just for, for picks. Let me ask you this. Would you trade Clowney for Tredavious White and their first-round pick this year? I think it's the top-ten pick. Yeah. Oh, this you, year? you would? Yeah, I would. That was my entire point. Like, that's what it would take, but I don't think anybody would offer that. Huh. I don't know. I'm hoping that we don't trade him at all, but part of me also wants to see him traded because of the way the fan base has reacted with him. Yeah, he's not getting traded. Nobody's going to offer that. He's not getting traded. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. Um, let's move on to the free agency that has happened so far for us. Um, we have... Tayshawn Gibson, safety from Jacksonville, who signed with us for, I believe, the same price that we actually signed Tyron Matthew for, if I'm correct. Um, a seven, it's around $7 million. I think it was a three-year deal. Um, Tayshawn Gibson ha- has is known for covering tight ends. It's pretty much what he has. That's the brand he's built, is that he is very good at covering tight ends, and the film tells you that that is accurate. He's extremely good against tight ends. He's extremely good against Rob Gronkowski specifically, um, which is a very, very hard tight end to cover, and he was very good against Travis Kelsey as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Tayshawn Gibson as the replacement for the Honey Badger? And then also, what from what I hear, he will start opposite of Justin Reed and how will be the depth at safety. What are your thoughts on the signing? It's heck, if it was last year. And you told us this was going to be our safety group, we'd be ecstatic. I mean, just to show you how far we've come in a year, um, they t- tweeted out like uh, the passer rating allowed. And we, between Adam Gibson and Roby, the passing rating allowed actually decreases for our defense. So that means it's harder for a quarterback to pass. Based on the last three years of play, just right. so everybody knows. So that's that's with Kareem and Tyron versus Roby and Gibson in the last three years. So Gibson is – he's one of those guys that's just – He's good at his know, job. Yeah, he's good at his job. He's been a pro bowler once. Uh, that's probably the only time he'll be a pro bowler. He's not a star – but Justin Reed has the potential to be a star. So this signing, is he he's more of like a supporter. Um, again, it kind of signals that we're going to go to more of a two-deep safety look, which means we don't really have – we don't really play free safety or strong safety this year, um, not like what we did with Tyron. Um, and it looks like 
I think that they're going to play kind of like a hybrid of cover two with man, more man concepts in it. So it'll, it'll be an interesting look this year. I think it's going to get back more to that, to the, um, to the pattern matching defenses of the past where this past year, Cornell tried to disguise his defenses more and he had a bunch of Swiss army knives. So he was able to do that. Tayshawn Gibson is not a Swiss army knife. He is very good at covering corners. Or not corners, covering tight ends. <laughs> and he's going to help make our corners better in coverage because of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's funny that a lot of people will um, give um, the corners in Jacksonville credit for Tayshawn Gibson's um, play, but they won't give Tayshawn Gibson credit for the play of the corners. And I think both actually played off each other extremely well. And... AJ Bouye actually had a down year this year, um, and Ramsey did as well. So keep that in mind when you're thinking of Tayshawn Gibson. I like the signing. I think I think for the value that we signed him for, I think it works. I think he'll fit this team, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has his best year uh, with us. Uh, just because of Rack, he's it's the most experienced defensive coordinator that he'll be playing with, um, and I think it's a solid move. I, I look, I would have loved Earl Thomas. And I would have loved Adrian Amos. Those were the two safeties that I would have liked to have uh, seen. Uh, Amos signed for like $9.5 million. So I, I'm not sure why we weren't a part of that. Um, Green Bay somehow lured three really, really, really freaking good uh, free agencies to free agent players to Green Bay, which is not norm. Um, so good for Adrian Amos. Um, and then obviously Earl Thomas is – I mean, he's Earl Thomas. Like, I just – I know he has an injury history, but I, I just – anytime you have a player of that caliber on for the free agent market, um, you definitely do your due diligence to to try to grab him, and I think we did. I think that we were after him. There's a lot of reports saying that we were interested in him, and I think the price tag was just a little higher than what we wanted to pay. Um, he, he's, he wanted to stay in Texas. He, he's been saying that for a while. He wanted to go to Dallas, so I don't think that there was much difference in Houston. I just don't think that we wanted to pay the $14 million a year. Yeah, it sounds like we had a budget on how much we were going to pay for. Our... It actually sounds like we have a budget for how much we're going to pay in our sa- in our uh, secondary, and they've decided that at there's kind of like a magic number around thirteen, fourteen that that's as much as we could have gone for a single player in that secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess is fair enough because we have a lot of holes to fill, and that's kind of why I'm all about us signing several players because we have a lot of holes to fill and we have enough players. Like we, we've talked about this last off season, everybody, oh, and we'll talk about it probably more when we come to the draft. It's like, when are we going to get one of those players that, that falls, that is a, a, a franchise changing draft value. Cause that's how franchises become good. You get those guys that fall that are way better than, than the draft position. And we have, Three that I can name off the top of my head without even blinking, and that's Hop, Watt, and Watson. Like, all three of them could have been top three picks in their draft year. And Jadavian Clowney. Well, Jadavian Clowney was a top pick. Yeah, but I'm just saying so, he counts. Right. And he, of course, counts. We have enough top-tier talent. That's not been the argument. It's always been our, the argument or our issue. It's always been depth. And part of the reason the offensive line was bad last year is it didn't have enough quality depth. The reason why our secondary was bad is we were starting Sharice Wright. I mean, 
that's depth. We finally get our defensive line situated with depth there. The guys, they resign them, so that depth's going to stay. But the secondary and the offensive line are barren, and we need just more players. And sometimes you luck out in the NFL, you get a guy in the right system, and all of a sudden he takes a step forward, and he's much better than he was for a previous team. And he already knows how to play. So that's part of the reason why I think the Patriots are good every year. You go out and you get guys that learn about the NFL that have the physical talent to do it. And maybe they're the only reason they became free agents is that mentally they hadn't caught up. Patriots do something to them mentally. All of a sudden they're good. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to what I think is the prize possession so far of free agency for the Texans. And that's, um, Bradley Roby. Now I've been banging this drum. I don't know how long have I been banging this drum, John? A long time. <laughs> a, a very long time. A long time. Um, Bradley Roby, uh, coming off of his rookie deal with the Denver Broncos, where he played slot most of his career there, the first three years. Um, solid, uh, solid slot corner. But he could never play on the outside because of Chris Harris and um, Talib. Uh, first year starter last year as the number two. Played a lot outside. Had his ups and downs. Uh, but I think he had more ups than he had downs. They also did not have a good defense in general. Um, the pass rush was not there uh, outside of Von Miller. Um, it just it wasn't the ideal scenario for him. Um and I think that we're getting a solid corner that can play man and zone who is extremely fast. He ran a 4.39 at the combine, which is speed, which is what we need. Um, and I think that Bradley Roby on the one-year prove-it deal for $10 million, I definitely think that this will be one of the deals that we look back on and say, this is going to work out for us long-term. Yeah, I mean... He's a player that has shown exceptional talent. He's just been inconsistent. If he puts it all together, then he's that cornerback that we need. He's played both inside and outside. He's played a little bit better as an inside slot corner, but with uh, Colvin already there, I can't imagine that he's going to play too much slot. He's going to be playing primarily outside like he did this year. If you take away the Robbie Anderson game against the Jets where he absolutely got smoked, um, he – Actually, is a pretty good outside corner. Uh, he, my understanding with, uh, I didn't watch him a bunch when he was with the Broncos, but even when it was the, part of the no-fly zone a, a couple of years back, he played predominantly outside then, and Chris Harris would rotate into the slot. So, again, he could be a very, very good signing. Um, hopefully next year we're, we're all crying salt about him signing somewhere else at a huge deal or – us retaining him and saying, is it worth it? <laughs> because he had such a great year. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised just given what happened with uh, Tyron Matthew, that the little rule of no contract negotiations during the season, if Bradley Roby is playing well, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get locked up long-term. You just can't let a corner, if he comes in and he is superior, that's, 16 to 17 million on the open market. There's, there's no way you let him just test the open market, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's let him come in and, and do well first before we really get into it. But 
I like Roby a lot. I've liked Roby for a long time. Um, funny story of how I actually discovered him. I was addicted to Madden like four years ago and um, specifically Mutt. And uh, I happened to get a Bradley Roby card and I loved the way he played. So then I started to look into him and watched him play with the Broncos. And I, I just, I, I really think he's a solid player after watching the film and seeing and that speed, you just can't really put a price on that speed considering I don't know. How long have we not had speed at corner, John? <laughs> too many years now. Way yeah. too many years. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the Bradley Roby signing. I'm hoping that we sign a couple more. We're going to have to. Um, hopefully Jason Verrett signs with us. And I'm not sure if Ronald Darby ended up leaving the Chiefs with the deal or not yet. But hopefully he did not. And hopefully there's a chance that we get him too. Because Verrett, 27. Bradley Roby, I think, 24. And Ronald Darby is 25. If there was a way for us to get all three, very, very slim. But if we could get all three and at least hit on two, that would be fantastic. Yeah. If we sign either Verrett or Darby, that to me, those are the moves. Um, either or. Uh, I don't I don't think we need. I mean, it would be nice to get both, but I don't think we have the capability of getting both. But either or and then drafting a solid, a solid corner. Yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, if we don't, if we sign one of them, we're not pinning into a corner where we have to draft a corner, right? In the first round, right now, looking at our team, and this is almost sacrilegious to say it on Houston Twitter, and I, I'm not one of those offensive line defenders, but looking at our team right now, we almost have to take a corner in the first. Yes. So, and that that was my next point. If we could sign one other corner. I would not be surprised if we went BPA in the first round. Yeah. I really I wouldn't. Mean, and I think that that's what they're trying to set themselves up for. But... I hope you're right. Because the best Cause... thing that can happen is if they fill a couple holes, fill most of the holes in free agency on value deals and add the depth that is needed for this team to where when they go into the draft, they can stick to BPA all through the draft and just add quality players. In my I mean, opinion, that's the ideal scenario. Yeah, and that's my uh, ideal scenario too. I feel like teams that have to draft to a need never do well unless that need, unless that need is corner or a quarterback. Yeah, it's the only position that can be drafted as a need because it is so vital. Yeah. Plus, after talking to Dalton Reisner last night, which you guys will hear um, on this episode. Um, I would definitely love to take him at 23. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, whether it be guard or center or if you want to try him at tackle, whatever it would be, I would love to have a guy like that on this team, and I, I think he would be a great addition. So, all right, let's get into – let's see. What else do we have, John? Um, talked about Verrett. He is coming for a visit if he doesn't sign with the Niners, where he is currently visiting. We talked about losing out on Saffold. Um, we've kind of talked about this, but let's talk in talk about it a little bit more. Um, who that is left, John, do you think would be good players for the Texans to target moving forward? Well, we really... I still think we need a running back. Um, 
And I almost hate to say it, but I think Pat, um, Pat Star's right. The uh, TJ Yeldon out of uh, Jacksonville may be the player with that. Okay. Um, we need a we need a receiving running back. We we just don't have one. Um, we you all know that Alfred Blue is coming back. But... <laughs> Did you have to start off with that? <laughs> Every, I mean, you just you just frustrated everybody. Yeah, it's going to be the same joke, uh, Miller Blue 2020. Yeah, yeah. That we're going to hear on the other podcast, and I mean, at this point. There's there's really no running backs that just drop, jump off the sheet that it's like hey we we need this player. I'm surprised Tevin Coleman Coleman got 10 million. Like that's good for him. I like Corey Grant. He's a he's a very solid running back. Um, another guy that can be used as a receiving. I like Ty like Montgomery. Yeah, Ty Montgomery's a converted receiver that had flashes, but he always got hurt. Uh, Javorius Allen was actually fairly good for Baltimore. Yep. So there's players still Jeremy out Hill. there. Uh, Jeremy Hill is Alfred Blue. Like he's the same sort a of player. Bit, but yeah. But it, he doesn't play special teams. No. So, I mean, he's somebody that the what? running game would take a step up with, but I don't think, I just can't see it happening. What happened with Alex Collins in Baltimore? They just. Stopped running him. No, no, he's uh, a free agent. Why? Why is he a free agent? They yeah, him. they just they just stopped. Oh no, no, he got in trouble. He, okay, uh, that's what I was wondering. He got in trouble. Uh, I think he was DUI or something ah, along those lines. Okay, all right. But they put they jumped on the guest bus. Okay, all right. And then there's not a lot of offensive line players left. Maybe Josh Sitton or Rimmers. Um, they're both kind of past their top prime. A lot of players like, or a lot of people like TJ Lang. Um, I just, it's a thin class or thin free agent class when it comes to offensive line. That's why I'm so high on Verrett or Darby, because if we get either one of those, I feel more comfortable with the team drafting an offensive lineman this year because there, there is a lot of depth there in the draft and there's just not a lot of depth at corner. Like it's a stronger offensive line draft than a corner draft. Um, I like, I love KJ, Wright. I think he's a very underrated player. I think Mark Barron, if you could get him cheap enough, would be a fun player to put on our team. Um, just because of his flexibility, he's kind of like a big safety slash small, uh, linebacker. But yeah, those are kind of the uh, the players out there that I, I'm still interested in, and it's just one of those points where we're just kind of doing the waiting game. Okay, so for me, um, if I had my choice of what happens with free agency moving forward, I would love Jason Verrett. I would love for them to talk to Jason Verrett, Ronald Darby. And Darquez Denard, um, even though he's more of a slot corner, if that's the case and those are the best players available, maybe give Colvin a shot outside. Um, KJ Wright would be cool, but I just don't see it. Justin Houston would also be cool, but um, there's no need for them. Um, 
I would like an interior pass rusher, uh, whether it be Timmy Jernigan or maybe even Muhammad Wilkerson, I think would be, even though he's an end, I think that would be ideal. He had a pretty good year last year with Green Bay, not a stellar year, but that team also had literally no other pass rushers, as you can tell by their free agency. Um I think Muhammad Wilkerson on this opposite of JJ would be very, very interesting and would be an upgrade over Christian Covington. And I think that that deal could get done at a, at a decent price. Um, as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on Steven uh, Wisinski. I think that that could be pretty interesting. Um, I guess TJ Lang, he kind of had a down year, but I'd be okay with it. Um there's really no tackles left to talk to. I mean, maybe Jared Vildier, but honestly, I, I, I don't know if they're. I mean, we're gonna have to. We'll sign one or two tackles for depth purposes, but none of them will probably start based on yeah. who's available right now. There's no free agent tackles available. No, it's just yeah, very slim pickings. Um, I'd be okay with signing like Jermaine Gresham as like a blocking tight end. He's really like the only tight end I see worth signing to help with that. All the rest are pretty much pass catching tight ends. I mean, if you wanted to give Tyler Eifert a flyer, I guess maybe, but I I really don't want to sign all these hurt players in hopes that they're not hurt. uh, Considering history tells you that they're likely going to be hurt again. Um, And then as far as, I don't, I don't want a wide receiver. Um, this is a position that I actually want. I would sign Anthony Sherman or Jalston Fowler at fullback. We need a fullback. Then I thought Sherman signed already. No, he's a free agent. Is he? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, I think yeah. I, I think we need a fullback again. Yeah, Sherman would. He could catch too. I thought I could have sworn he resigned with the Chiefs, but yeah, he would. I I would really like him. I'm not gonna lie. I'd be, I'd really, I'd be happy if we signed him. Yep. Um, and then on the running back front, um, I'd actually like to kick the tires on JHI in case Deontay Foreman is not what we hope. But from everything I've been reading and hearing, um, Deontay Foreman is looking like his old self, and that is amazing. So then I would probably go after like maybe a Ty Montgomery or. I don't know. Maybe Darren Sproles, even though he's older. I mean, he's. He's still effective when he's on the field. Um, but Corey Grant would be good, too. And then that's really about it. Josh McCown, if he ends up uh, coming out of uh, – if he ends up playing for another year, I think he'd be a great backup for uh, Deshaun Watson. Those would be the players that I would go after. Any thoughts on that? No. I mean, I still hope they sign Fitzpatrick. They're not. But I, I know. I, I, I just like him. If you I, go like, out- I like him, too. Um, what is, there's a, one, there's a new book that just came out this past year. What is it? Uh, quarterback inside the most important position in sport by John Feinstein. Yep. They spend a whole bunch of time talking with Ryan Fitzpatrick and he's just a cool dude. And he, he always provides enough spark. So I would, I would love for him, but it's not happening. He'd be a great, um, great, great mentor to the shot. What about Amir Ab- Abdullah? Yeah, Mirab would, would be, be that'd be interesting. I don't, 
I think that would be one of those low risk, potentially high rewards. I would agree. Um, maybe. I think you know it's funny when you talk about Detroit Lions running backs. It's very hard to gauge like a good one <laughs> because they've never had a running back outside of Perry Sanders. So they draft them and then they just suck in in Detroit. So. I don't know if that's because the talent isn't there or because Detroit just doesn't know how to utilize a running back. Yeah. I think I, I think Amir Abdullah would be an interesting signing. I think they kind of hope everybody's the next Barry Sanders and you just throw them out behind a crappy offensive line and they're still good. Nah, yeah, makes sense when you have when you've ha- when you've been spoiled to having a Barry Sanders, I guess it makes sense. Um all right. So let's get to some of these questions. I'm going to ask you the questions and then uh, you answer. And if I want to chime in, I will. So Lenny J with all the free agent talent that the Titans are picking up. What are your thoughts on the division rate at this point? Even though it's early on cam wake scaffold Humphreys Vaccaro. What with don't wait, we don't ever see ourselves this active in free agency. Okay. I don't know about that. That wasn't worded very well. I'm going to delete that. Um, what are your thoughts on the Titans free agency so far, John? It's your favorite team. <laughs> I think my dad's happy. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like they scared me last year and it turned out to be unfounded. So this year, I, I mean, I like Saffold. I like Humphreys. Like those are some good signings. Those are good quality signings. They didn't break, they didn't break the bank on any player in particular. They signed a lot of, quality depth type signings and honestly that's kind of the approach that i'd hoped the texans would have taken however it's still the titans and ultimately it comes down would would you rather have watson or Mariota? would you rather have our defensive line or still the better team i mean we we just are they needed to do it they lost a lot they lost a, like a rackpo they lost i mean they're gonna they're better today than they were yesterday but they're still not as good as us Okay. Um, I like the Adam Humphrey signing. Um, I think he's a very good player. My only question with that is, is with him and Rashard Matthews is still on the team, right? Yep. I mean, no, no, no. Rashard Matthews. Got oh yeah. He got cut, cut last year. Yeah. Yeah. I cut um, season. So Humphreys will actually be the slot. I, I, you know, I like it, but the, it all comes down to Mariota. Like, is he ever going to play a full season? Like, is he ever going to be, does the, does he ever get a fifth year option? Like, is this the fifth-year option year? When is he like? When is he going to, like, either disappear or get signed? This has to be it, right? This is the fifth-year option year. So okay. good. He's – will he consistently be good? He's had stretches where he looks like he's going to be a good quarterback, and it's terrifying. And then he's had stretches where it's like, <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't draft him because you know Bill O'Brien would have drafted him yeah. if he had came out early. Uh, thoughts on the division race at, race at this point? Um, I think it's between us and the and the and the Colts. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I think that that's a fair assessment. Um, so we'll get into the Jaguars here right now with Nacho Debro's question. Do you think Nick Foles will give Jacksonville the missing piece on offense, or do you think the playbook was dumbed down during his time in Philly? I don't think it was necessarily dumbed down, but he's not a good enough quarterback for whom they had to cut to sign him. Like they cut some pretty significant players to sign him and they're just, they're not, their windows already shut. They wasted it by going with Bortles. They really did. 
and drafting Fournette was probably the biggest mistake they've ever made. And that's why we don't have to worry about the Jaguars. They're not going to be as bad as they used to be. They're not going to be the glitter kitties, but they're going to be a mediocre team. And as much as we want to say the Texans are a mediocre team, at least we're going to be a better mediocre team than the, than the Jaguars. Um, I like Nick Foles. I don't think he's like great. I think he's an upgrade over Bortles. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely is. There's no argument on that. Yeah, I think I think they'll be a better team. The problem is, who do they have surrounding Nick Foles? And um, in Philly, they had players at every position. And I think, I think that I, what is his name? D.D. Westbrook, right? That's the fast guy. Yeah. yeah or or no, Keenan Cole, Ke- Keelan Cole. Both of them. I mean, they're both fast. That, like, Those are the two that scare me with Foles because he'll just chuck that shit up and he's got a good arm and his deep ball accuracy is very good. So I could see that working sometimes. But outside of that, I really don't think Jacksonville did too much to really upgrade considering the amount they paid Foles. I want to ask you this, John. If, if Josh Rosen is really available for a third-round pick, why the hell – did the Jacksonville Jaguars sign Nick Foles and not trade for a potential franchise quarterback in Josh Rosen? He, Josh Rosen must not really be available. That's my thought. That's my I thought. mean, I would, I would have traded a first-round pick for him if I was the Jaguars. I mean, he, then, he must not be kept, available. Yeah, and then kept their roster together. But they, they cut a good chunk. Right, they could have I mean, kept everybody if they would have just yeah. traded for Rosen. And then they would be in a better spot, I think. Yep, I agree. And this is nothing against Foles. I think Foles is better as a quarterback right now than even Rosen. But Rosen's going to be better than Foles. Yep. And what they had to do to be able to afford Foles hurt that team. Yeah. Like it really did. Well, not only that, you would have had Josh Rosen for four years on a rookie deal. So your window to build would have been open. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm assuming that the Kyler Murray stuff is smoke then at this point because if nobody has traded for Josh Rosen yet, I, I don't see them taking Kyler Murray number one overall. I'm wondering if they're just trying to get as much as they can out of their first first overall pick. Yeah, and they're still they got a lot of holes to fill. There's still a lot of time in the off season. We may see some crazy trades around draft time, but yeah. I mean, right now the Jaguars are are back to where they belong. They're going to be last in the AFC South. Yep, I agree. All right. Uh, Nacho Debro again. We got a lot of questions from Nacho Debro today and Lenny J. Um, Roby played outside last year. It wasn't his best play. Do you think we improved with him over Kjax, which I am pissed that they let him walk, and Johnson when he was on the field? I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Roby. He's put together flashes where if we if he even continues to be a streaky player if he puts together one of those really good streaks towards the end of the season um that can make all the difference in the world so i'm i think that we are our ceiling is much higher now with him and he's also quick he's he's a lot faster than than jackson i mean i love kjax again i wish we had kept him i thought that he had been a great fit as a safety but I would rather have Roby as a corner than Kjax as a corner. Uh, I agree 100%. I think that uh, I think Roby on the field at 
corner is better than KJX, and I definitely think Roby on the field at corner is better than Kevin Johnson. I think it's a... I really honestly don't think it can be argued. Even though he had his miscues last year, I still think that he was figuring things out. They also play a little bit of a different defense in Denver. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he played better as, I guess, technically our number one corner as of right now. Um, J. Joe technically would be, um, but I think I think Roby will be shadowing the, the number one receiver on most teams. Um, hopefully we play, mix it in and play a little bit more man now that we have somebody that can do so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's an upgrade. There's no reason to think it's not at this point, and only time will tell. So, um, all right, what well, can you tell me to make me feel like we can be a contender next year and don't say Watson? <laughs> wow, Nacho, that's a... Hopkins. <laughs> a healthy Watt and Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, y'all forget how much talent we have already on the team. We don't need to sign necessarily another star. We need depth. We need a lot of depth. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, what can you tell me to make to let you know that we think that we're a contender next year? First of all, we really only need to beat out the Colts. Uh, to make the playoffs, and once you get in the dance, anything can happen. Um, I think the line will be better next year, even if we just roll with who we have and who we had last year. Um, Henderson would be an upgrade if healthy at right tackle, and I think Davenport will be a better tackle um, this year than he was last year. This will be his third year. Um, my biggest question is actually Nick Martin, not necessarily the tackles, to be honest with you. I know nobody else seems to be beating that drum, um, but the inconsistent play of Martin, who pretty much dictates everything that happens on the line um, is is my concern. And I don't think Martin has been very good at center. I, I, I do think that we'll be a contender next year. I don't know if we'll be a Super Bowl contender, but there's still a lot of time left. I don't know how the draft's going to work out. Um, but there's no reason for us to not be a contender given that we have a good quarterback. And, yeah, I said it, but it is what it is. You didn't say his name, so. Exactly. <laughs> I beat you, Nacho. All right. As of the day of recording, how do you rank each team's roster in the AFC South? Oh. Um, I think that one's pretty easy. I'd go Colts over us right now. Um, us, Jags, Titans. I think we're actually tied with, unfortunately, Andrew Luck being the tiebreaker on the Colts. Um, a lot of. However, that's the, the Colts are keeping their guys, but they're also relying on guys that had career years last year to repeat that. So I think overall, we probably have a stronger roster. But unfortunately, luck is still currently a little bit better than Watson. Now, year three is usually when quarterbacks take their great big leap. So you may hopefully, hopefully in a couple of months, you're, y'all are pointing to this and saying, John, you're an idiot. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> All right, Lenny J. As we uh, we need to add a DT. I hear this guy Sue is looking for a job. Think we can land him on a team friendly deal? No, I think uh, I think Sue. First of all, didn't play very well in Los Angeles last year until the playoffs, uh, as he pretty much has his entire career. Um, he's just so inconsistent. I don't think that uh, Romeo wants somebody like that on their defense. I do agree that we do need an interior pass rusher or at least an interior defensive lineman. Um, I think Jernigan would be a good one. Um, I would be fine with Muhammad Wilkerson 
Um, maybe we add one in the draft. Maybe Gerald McCoy gets cut. Uh, Gerald McCoy would be like the most ideal situation um, for me, but I just like Gerald McCoy. So uh, I don't know what there's not to like about a big dude wearing uh, samurai and like suits and things like that on hard knocks. I mean, he's just a cool dude and a great person, it seems like. Um, but we can't land Sue on a team friendly deal. This is likely his last opportunity to grab a decent deal. And I think he'll take the most money no matter what team it is. Um, John, anything? No, I mean, we're not, we're not going to sign Sue. No, let's, let's be honest. If we were going to spend that sort of money, there was a couple of other players that I think would have been better fit for what the Texans want to do. And, and culturally that they would have spent that money on. Now the need is legitimate an inside pass rusher. Everybody needs one of those, but right. yeah, we're not, we're not doing it. All right. What team jumps off the page as the team who have already done a lot in free agency, like jets, Titans and Ra- Raiders. And you left off the Browns, uh, Nacho. So I'm going to throw the Browns in there and you have to say that the Browns have won free agency. Um, they are doing everything they can to supply Baker Mayfield with as many weapons on offense as they can. They also have a pretty solid defense. Um, I, I know that the Browns hype train right now is extremely high, but it's high for a reason. Baker played extremely well last year. And I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, but he played really well. There's nothing you can say. And given the amount of weapons that he has on, on that team, I mean, they added Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr. They already had David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, um, Nick Chubb, a good offensive line. That team's going to be very good. And luckily for them, that division has gone down. Uh, the Steelers will still be good because they're the Steelers. And I wouldn't be surprised if Big Ben has his best year as a quarterback just because he wants to show everybody that he didn't need Antonio Brown. But um, I would say the Browns won free agency. John? Yeah, the Browns won free agency. Yeah, and good for I them. Mean, good for the Browns, dude. I mean, they, they never win anything. So I'm happy. I love that they're going to be good. I think it's going to be very interesting, and it's just what you want. Yeah, I mean, they're, they were put into a position to really – I mean – what scares me is they may have just proven the tanking works in the NFL because they're, they're going to be pretty loaded. I mean, there's just no way around it. They're going to be pretty loaded and we definitely help them get there. Um, so what, what else can you say? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, John, what else do we have? Is that it? That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well, hopefully next week when we meet with you guys, we're talking about 10 players that were added to this team, and we're all feeling a lot better. There's still some good players out there. Um, No superstars, but good players. I expect the Texans to be active here in the coming days and make some moves. I do not expect Jadavian Clowney to be traded, but if he is traded, Whatever, this is what you guys have wanted, I guess. So I, we get to watch him wreck it for another team, and we get to sit back and say we wasted a f- number one overall pick. So um, If he's a- traded, then we better be incredibly excited about the haul. I got news for you, John. I don't, I don't think we're going to be excited. Yeah, he's not being traded. I hope you're right. Um, all right. You can find us everywhere. You know that. Just search Texans Unfiltered. Wherever you listen to your podcast, 
enjoy the Dalton Reisner interview. It was a very good interview, very fun, good dude. I think you guys will really like it. Uh, I'm not sure where Preston's going to upload it at, but we'll find out, I guess, tomorrow. Um, this will be up. And um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Houston FB Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Young Ari Gold. I am extremely active on Twitter these days, which is kind of weird. Um, so feel free to interact with me. Uh, go to our website at TexansUnfiltered.com. Go to our Discord. Or, yeah, go to our website, click on our Discord, join the Discord so we can talk about free agency and everything that's going on in the league and everything that's going on with the Texans. You can go to our Patreon page and just search Texans Unfiltered. And if you want to support us, we'd love that. That gives us the opportunity to do more interviews like we are, uh, are doing with Dalton Reisner. Um, and with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am here as normal with my co-host and friend, John the Garnet Texan. And John, this is a this is a special podcast as we have somebody that we're both in love with in the draft joining tonight in Dalton and Dalton Reisner. Is it Reisner or Risner? Yeah, you got it, man. Reisner, you killed it. Okay, cool, cool. So, Dalton, thank you so much for taking the time to to come on tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, why don't you do a quick social media plug and, and talk a little bit about you and, and Kansas and, and everything you came from, and, and we'll go from there. Awesome, man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, when it comes to social media, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, you know, DaltonBigD71 on uh, Twitter and Dalton underscore Reisner 71 on Instagram. But, um, yeah, so my name's Dalton Reisner. I uh, just graduated from Kansas State University. I did five years down there, redshirted my first year, and then played uh, my redshirt freshman year at center, and then was a right tackle for the last three years. And come from an extremely small town, 800 people, a uh, small town in Colorado called Wiggins. It's about an hour east of Denver. I uh, come from a big family. I have four brothers, two older and two younger, uh, two parents that have been uh, together since seventh grade, so a big family. Uh, raised on a farm, man. You know, uh, I was raised throwing hay bales, picking rye out of the wheat field, building barbed wire fence. Had 50 head of cattle, 200 acres of land, or 150 acres of land, something like that. So I'm a small town boy. 17 guys in my football team, 1A football. Um, you know, 30 kids in my graduating class. That's just the kind of environment I came from, and have always been kind of a, you know, hardworking blue blue collar type of guy. And I think that's where I'm at. That's the reason that I'm, I am where I am today. Well, I mean, you can't get to where you're at without having a work ethic, and like you literally described, like what you hear from like most tackles in the draft, and then in the NFL, came from a farm with so and hey, like blue yep. collar, blue chip, and then before we joined, you told us about your dad and kind of how you were raised with him and. Um, obviously he's instilled that character in you. So, uh, Dalton, I like to do things a little different. I don't base my, uh, my draft profiles on, um, combine and productivity. I base it all off of what music you listen to prior to, uh, working out and getting ready for the game. So here we are, it's week one. You're starting for your NFL team. Who's in the headphones, who's in the AirPods and what's getting you going? (laughs) <laughs> well, man, I'm probably going to be an undrafted guy if you're basing it off you. I'm, 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 I'm a different dude, bro. I'm a different dude. My friends make fun of me all the time. Uh, I'm so across the board. I'll tell you, like, three names that I'll go from. Like, I'll be – and this is before a game. Like, I'm not lying. I'll okay. Be in a, I'll be listening to, like, an Alan Jackson, 
I'll go from like an Alan Jackson to like a Bon Jovi, and I'll go from like a Bon Jovi to like a Future or like oh. Jay's. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I go across the board. So okay. I'll be listening to country, to eighties rock, to you know new new rap, hip hop. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's nothing wrong. With <laughs> no, that. there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. That sounds like that sounds like my playlist. I mean, James gets a little turned off when the country turns on, but you know, <laughs> hey, knew, we live in Texas. I knew he wasn't gonna miss with the country, man. I had a feeling. <laughs> I mean, I'm from L.A. I live in Texas now, but I mean, I you said future, and and so I mean, we're totally good. You're a first round, you're a first round draft profile now. So there you go. Um, so okay, so uh, five years at Kansas State, uh, first year on the field was uh, more center, and then the last three years you you predominantly played tackle. Um, where do you see yourself in the draft? Like I, I know that it's it's going to be dependent on where you go and and what the need is for that team. But if you had a choice and you could play a position, where would you want to play? You know, I think I think that obviously what I've been telling coaches, I'll play across the board. But where I think I'm going to end up in the NFL is probably guard. But you never know, man. Um, and that's whether it's left guard or right guard. You know, there's some teams I know are looking at me really close right now that – have two, you know, have an all pro left tackle and all pro right tackle, and they might need a center and a guard. And like, I know that that's probably what they're looking at. You know, the, the NFL teams, I'm sure you guys are aware, they shoot up seven guys on game day. Right. And you don't shoot up seven guys that just play one position. These coaches want to suit up guys that can be, you know, if I'm the starting right tackle, you know how much more, you know, I'm worth if I could be the, the backup left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard. Like, that's huge. Right. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to bring guys on on uh, Sunday that just are primarily a center or just primarily a left tackle, whatever it is. So I think I'll probably find a home at guard, but I'm so comfortable with the fact that if a team says, hey, you're a right tackle, I'll be like, I'm going to be your guy. If a yeah. team says, hey, you need to be our center, um, I think I bring the mental capabilities as well. So I'm comfortable across the board. Man. So I bring that up because, um, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned we, we suit up seven versatility is key especially when it comes to the offensive line if you can only suit up seven if two go down at that point you're in a position where you need guys that can do whatever they can um and given the texans needs right now i think they're gonna roll with it at left tackle with julian davenport he's on his third year developing he showed flashes last year and then right tackle is kind of a mystery we think it'll be central henderson but guard and center i think are the areas that they want to improve on and I think that if they were to draft you in the first round, which is where you're you're going now, it, it seems when I'm when I'm looking up Dr Dalton Reisner, when I'm hearing about Dalton Reisner, I'm hearing solid combine, very pro productive in college. He's going in the first round, likely would be the first guard or center taken off the board. Do you feel comfortable playing center if that's where your career takes you, or or would you prefer to be that versatile guard center role? You you know, I feel completely fine if a team drafts me as a center. I played center my whole entire life. Uh, I just got converted to tackle back in 2015. You know, these teams, I've been doing private workouts now. My pro day's over. I have a lot of teams coming down to work me out, and I'm snapping for every team. Every team wants to see me snap. Okay. Uh, snapping is something I'm comfortable with. You know, I'm 6'4 and 3 quarters. I'm not some 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, guy that probably isn't going to be able to be able to have the pad level to play at the center position. Um, I think, I don't think I know. Uh, the mental aspect of center is what people really don't realize. A lot of guys are like, okay, can a guy play center? And what they mean is, can he snap the ball? Well, no. that's half the battle. <laughs> but the other half of the battle is, 
can you control an offensive line? Can you ID fronts? Can you call the, the scheme? Can you ID the three tech? Can you call out the play, call it to protection, have the mental aspect to play the game and then also do all of that? And I think that's what I really bring to the table when I get on the board with these teams, uh, show them how much I know about the game of football and how much information I can retain. Uh, I really think I belong at center, and that's somewhere that I might find myself uh, fitting into. Okay. So I was watching tape against you uh, and Monte Sweet. Sweet. Uh, would you say he was the, the toughest end you went against in college? Um, you know, I'd probably say so. You know, Montez uh, didn't play the whole game. He kind of came in on third downs. He'd, uh, you know, because they had a great defensive line. He's a speed rusher. Um, when it came to pass rush, most definitely, hands down, uh, one of the best pass rushers. And, you know, I'm, I, I've watched that film. I think I just watched it today. Uh, with a coach, actually. So I've watched that film plenty of times. And uh, he's a great pass rusher. I think he probably has some areas to work on in terms of the run, just of being stout enough to go against NFL prototype tackles sure. and staying in there. And, you know, he's a guy that needs, probably needs to gain some weight. But, I mean, you guys saw him at Combine. Yeah. He runs a 4.41 so or 442. Um, he's extremely quick and he's lengthy, has great long arms and uh, great great feet. So he's a great player. Um, I got to go against him again at Senior Bowl. Yep. And was also uh, proud of my performance there. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 you held your own for sure, and I think a lot of what um, people are saying now regarding you is just the level of competition you went up against being at Kansas State. Yep. Would you say that that's a reasonable, um, not necessarily knock, but a reasonable concern, or do you think that that kind of just you play who you play, and if you can be productive, you can be productive. Well, listen, man, uh, the way I view it, I'm obviously a very competitive person. Um, you look at some of the top defensive ends in this draft class, and I'm just going to mention a few. You guys can feel free to go look them up and let me know. But you got Montez Sweat, LJ Collier out of TCU, Ben Benugu out of TCU, Charles Omenihu out of Texas. Um, I mean, that's just four guys. Yeah. Um, you got Jordan Brelford out of Oklahoma State, Daniel Wise out of KU. All those guys are, have a really good chance of getting drafted. They're great defensive ends. So in my mind, I do go against good talent. I'm not naive to think that I might have went against a little bit better talent if I played in the SEC. But here's the deal, man. Um, anyone that has a question about the type of talent I played against, they need to go watch Senior Bowl. Um, there's there's access to watch practice and the game. Yep. And I went, I went up against um, – I mean, that's the best players in the country. The only two guys that weren't there were um, Bosa from Ohio State and um, the defensive tackle from Michigan, Rashawn Gary. So other than that, like everyone there was there. I went against, you know, Ledbetter from Georgia, Granderson from Wyoming, Ferguson from Louisiana Tech, Montez Sweat again. Uh, he never, he never got to the quarterback. Like uh, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to come across as arrogant, man. No. I take a, I take a lot of pride in that. And I, I feel like the senior bowl is made for that reason. Sure. So you can understand my frustration when I hear anybody talk about not going up against top talent. Cause I'm like, well, who do you guys want me to go against? Because I feel like I went against everybody. And you can only go against who you go against, right? Like, yeah. it's not like you get to choose a defensive end that you want to go against every week. Because if that was the case, you'd choose Bosa and Quinton Williams every <laughs> week and just show them that you could hold your own. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, I mean, growing up and, and, and obviously playing football your entire life, do you have an NFL team that, you're, that you root for that you have followed your entire life? You know, I grew up in Colorado, so I watched the Denver Broncos okay. at the time. Um, I, I wouldn't know if I'd say rooting for. When I was a kid, I rooted for him big time. Once I got to college, I kind of watched every NFL team. And I have a lot of friends that play in the league, so there's different uh, teams that friends play for. 
um, like Rick Leonard, he plays for the Texans now. Yep. Um, he just got over there from the New Orleans Saints. I played an All-American game with Rick, so I'd watch the Texans, kind of follow them. I'd, I'd watch the Broncos, you know. I have two players from K-State that play on the 49ers, so it's just kind of about which team I follow, but man, there's not one team I could get drafted to that I'd be disappointed. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's your dream, right? This is what you work yeah. towards? Um, yeah. So we have uh, we, we have Jordan Palmer on every year. He's uh, Deshaun Watson's off-season quarterbacks consultant, and um, he talks a lot about situations in the draft. He's, he, he talks a lot about how it's not about going number four or number seven and getting the extra, you know, 150K that you would get to go higher. It's about finding the right spot for the player that works for him. And when he talks about that, he talks about how Deshaun identified Bill O'Brien as the guy that he wanted to play for. Um, would you say that based on your meetings that you've found, I don't want specifics, but you know, would you say that you've had that feeling with some of the teams you've met with that you think would be the right spot and that you can come in day one and make the impact that they would want you to make? Yeah. First off, man, I also, I do know Jordan Palmer where I worked out in this off season. I worked out with Jordan Palmer every day. Oh, wow. Okay. Right next to him. He was working with Deshaun Watson, uh, Drew Locke, Jarrett Stidham. Yep. Um, all Daniel, not Daniel Jones, uh, Buffalo quarterback. But anyways, he was working with a ton of guys. Yep. So I know Jordan. Oh, cool. Second, secondly, um, most definitely, I've told people in my family, you know, my agents, whatever it is, you know, I've left meetings at Senior Bowl and Combine, and either left that meeting room saying I'm not so sure I'd fit in there at that club, sure, or telling them like, man, I could play for that guy. Like I would work my ass off for that dude. I could fit in that program, or I really enjoyed talking to him. So there's definitely a group of six or seven teams on my mind that I'm like, man, I could see myself playing for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, that just makes a, a big difference. Like when you go to work, if you're working with somebody you love or enjoy working with, that just means that every day you enjoy being at work instead of going to work and hating it. Yeah. Um, cool. So what should Texans fans know about Dalton Reisner? What, what, what would they be getting as fans from Dalton yeah. Reisner as a, as an offensive lineman? Man, one thing I can tell you, and this is a little bit what I've been telling coaches throughout this process, is, you know, if I were to be drafted to the Houston Texans and for fans, they need to realize what they're getting in terms of, I'm prepared to be a professional athlete. I'm not going to say any names, but I've been around a lot of people in this draft class that are 20, 21 years old, and I'm not so sure they're ready to go take a grown man's spot and put food on the table for their family, especially take a guy's spot that's trying to put food on the table for his family. Uh, this is a professional. Like, you got to take it serious. You got to know what you're putting into your body, take care of your body. And, you know, I'm 23 going on 24. I, I've been doing this for a while. You know, I've never failed a drug test. I'm not going to be into the alcohol. I'm not going to – you're not going to see me getting in trouble off the field. What I'm saying is I got my stuff figured out. I'm ready to go be a professional. I'm ready to go in there and work my ass off. Um, there's not going to be any liability issues. I'm going to be a reliable guy and someone that people enjoy to watch because – you know, I'm going to make mistakes like everyone does, but if I make a mistake, it's going to be going 120%, and uh, I'm going to be flying around out there. So I'm excited to bring that to the table, and I know I know whoever drafts me is going to be really glad they did whenever they see me show up for camp. Absolutely. All right, one more before we let you get out of here. So the Texans are known for their defensive linemen. J.J. Uh, Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless. I mean, what would you say, you know, going into practice every day against those guys – I mean, what, with that level of competition, how, I mean, how do you think that that's going to impact your development as a player? I mean, <laughs> I did it here at Kansas State. I used to have a guy named Jordan Willis who went in the third round to the Bengals, and I went against him every day. 
And what I've seen is that when you go against talent like that, you go into a game so confident because you're going up against the best in the game. So if I'm going against Jadavion and Whitney and J.J. Watt and I'm going in to play, you know, the Chicago Bears, you know, who the Oakland Raiders, whoever it is, you know, you realize, like, man, I've been going against the best guys for two or three months. I, I'm not worried about this game. As to where if you're going up against a guy that's not really challenging you in practice and you don't get stronger mentally and physically – you know, you go up against a, a Jadavion in a game or a Khalil Mack, and, and you're like, dude, I haven't seen this before. What's going to happen? You know, it's completely different when you get reps against him. So some people might be like, well, you don't want to go there. You're going to be going against those guys every day. In my mind, I'd rather go against those dogs and practice for three months and then on game day not have to go against Jadavion and Jay Dan Whitney. So that's kind of how I look at it, man. I know that those guys would get me right every single day. Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure I chat with Rick and tell him how fun it is dealing with those boys. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that they get a lot of guys right, man. Yeah. All right. So – Dalton, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Um, you know, we really do. Thank you for for coming on. Um, if you'd like to do one last shout out and and uh, and a message to the Texans fans before you go, yeah, man. You know, I just say I appreciate everyone that's followed me through this process and everyone that's given me a chance uh, and supported me and believes in me. And I can promise you that you know, if you are one of those people, that I'm gonna make you proud. And and you know, the people that might have doubts about me or doubts about my capabilities, I can't wait to show everyone what I'm capable of at the next level, man. So thank you, everyone, for all the support. I'm excited for this uh, next chapter of life. And make sure you use the Dalton Reisner gifts on Twitter. Yeah, no doubt. Instagram <laughs> stories, bro. They're pretty cool, man. You guys check them out. Awesome. Thanks, Dalton. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it, man.